how the ACT government is driving climate action uh, in our territory and how we are seeking to be a national and international leader. We have committed uh, to one of the most ambitious climate action agendas in the world. As a small jurisdiction, I think we're very well placed to demonstrate that you can deliver on an ambitious agenda in a way that supports economic prosperity uh, and a strong budget position. That is the Australian Capital Territory's Chief Minister, Andrew Barr. He was the first speaker on the opening day of the Better Futures Australia Forum in Canberra. I'm Robert McLean, your host of Climate Conversations, and this is the latest episode. Climate Conversations is assembled here in Shepparton, in Northern Victoria, Australia, on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people. I pay my respects to elders, past, present and emerging. And I must say welcome again. It's so great to have you on board. Let's have a listen now to what Andrew Barr had to say at the Better Futures Australia Forum. Thank you very much for the invite to say a few words at the beginning of this uh, important two-day forum. There's an opportunity uh, for me uh, across many of my portfolios uh, to outline how the ACT government is driving climate action uh, in our territory and how we are seeking to be a national and international leader. We have committed uh, to one of the most ambitious climate action agendas in the world. As a small jurisdiction, I think we're very well placed to demonstrate that you can deliver on an ambitious agenda in a way that supports economic prosperity uh, and a strong budget position. Once a treasurer, always a treasurer. But having eliminated emissions from electricity in our jurisdiction through the purchase of 100% renewable electricity in a nation-leading reverse auction process over the last 10 years, I want to focus today on our approach to providing clear and early signals to business, to households and to the market on our pathway to reduce emissions from our two biggest remaining uh, emission producing sectors in our territory, transport and gas. So gas makes up about 20% uh, of Canberra's total emissions at this point with 100% renewable electricity. So when we released our climate change strategy in 2019, we're committed to a multi-decade transition uh, to phase out gas by 2045, and that is in line with our jurisdictional target to achieve net zero emissions in that same year. Now, setting a target is one thing. Getting there is another. And since setting that target, we've undertaken considerable economic modelling and analysis to understand what would be the best pathway, the best approach to phasing out gas. And just a few weeks ago, we released this modelling and announced that we would be pursuing an electrification pathway over the next two decades. Now, we've chosen this approach because the evidence is clear. Renewable electricity is the cheapest and cleanest way to power our homes and businesses in the ACT. 
but we also fully recognise that this transition cannot and will not happen overnight. 130,000 of the 190,000 households in the ACT currently have a gas connection. There are gas appliances and technologies where there simply isn't a cost-effective uh, option at this point or the technology doesn't exist to go electric at this point in time. So the best way I can equate our approach to phasing out gas is to equate it with the rollout of digital television uh, or the phase out of leaded petrol. We provide a clear signal now to enable as much of the transition cost to be met through business as usual purchases by households and businesses over a multi-decade period. So most Canberrans will make this transition over the next 20 years without the need for government support, in the same way that most households bought a digital TV when it suited them. But for those who do need assistance, we already have a program in place to assist households and businesses to meet some of the upfront costs. The Sustainable Household Scheme is an award-winning program that provides Canberra households and now community groups with zero interest loans to support the purchase of energy efficient products. And they're many and varied. Uh, efficient electric heating, efficient electric cooling, rooftop solar panels, household battery storage systems, induction cooktops, zero emission vehicles. All of them supported by this incredibly popular scheme. But by making our decision now and being very clear about our electrification pathway, we're providing the sort of certainty that the community needs to plan investments into the future. And that clear policy direction informs the development of an integrated energy plan for the ACT. The plan will consider in detail the energy needs for our territory as we phase out gas and embrace electric vehicles, both of which will see a significant energy mix shift and more need for more renewable energy. The question of how we meet increased demand for electricity in the most cost-effective way will be central to this plan. A failure to plan for increased demand will lead to price shocks and reliability issues in our electricity system. This is one of the most common things raised with governments. Long-term planning, planning for the future and being clear about your policy direction. And so it is a great relief following the federal election in May that secure and reliable energy supply is now a priority for all levels of government in Australia. Now in the Territory we are leveraging the expertise of our world-class tertiary research institutes to support reliable energy storage solutions and to optimise our existing electricity network. To supplement this work, a major commitment of mine at our 2020 Territory election was the introduction of the big Canberra battery to provide at least 250 megawatts, although from market sounding we're going to go much bigger than that, of new large-scale battery storage. This is a critical initiative to strengthen the stability of our energy grid, to foster further growth in the renewable energy sector in the Territory, 
and potentially, and again, here's the Treasurer speaking, providing a source of revenue for the Territory Government. The integrated energy plan will further consider the role of energy storage and distributed energy supply in our jurisdiction. Now, turning now to transport, one of the most critical challenges in achieving our ambitious 2045 target is to reduce transport emissions. They are now our single largest source of emissions in the Territory. Now, just prior to the announcement of our broader electrification pathway, uh, the Minister for Energy and I released our ACT Zero Emissions Vehicle Strategy for the rest of this decade. Under the strategy, we aim to be the most attractive place to buy a zero emission vehicle. And we do this by having no stamp duty, by having two years of free registration and by providing interest-free loans of up to $15,000 for eligible vehicle purchases. We're supporting the rollout of a massively expanded public charging infrastructure network in the Territory with a recent announcement of an additional 77 charging stations across the Territory, tripling the current public charging capacity. And just like our approach to electrification, this strategy sends a clear signal to the market. We've indicated, and this the way of the media was the thing that got the most attention, was that we will cease registering ICE vehicles, new ICE vehicles, after 2035. Now, California followed us a few days later. <laughs> the European Union were already there. But just like our approach to electrification, this strategy sends a clear long-term signal, a signal that we will make this shift gradually over time, that there is an identifiable time frame within a reasonable uh, distance from where we are now, and that we send the necessary signal to ensure that the transition cost of embracing zero emission vehicles will again largely be met, largely, not exclusively, but largely be met by business as usual purchase decisions. The average Canberran uh, keeps a car for about seven years. Some a little longer, some a little shorter, depending on, uh, on their personal circumstances. But within the transition period, people will have multiple opportunities to make that shift. Uh, the data that's come out today uh, again demonstrates that in the Australian Capital Territory, on a per capita basis, we are the fastest purchasers uh, of new zero emission vehicles. And frankly, at the moment, the challenge, someone's phone ringing, uh, the challenge is getting access to a vehicle. So part of my job, and I've been undertaking this uh, with a lot of enthusiasm, is beating a path to the door of every EV vehicle manufacturer that supplies the Australian market to get more vehicles into Canberra, because we know they're going to sell. Now, we also have an opportunity, and again, with the change of federal government, to work across the Federation with a national electric vehicle strategy set to be delivered by the federal government. We expect to see national, state and territory policy settings working together now to increase both the supply and demand 
for electric vehicles. So indeed, complementary national and state and territory actions are going to be essential if we are going to pull together all of the good work that has been occurring around the Australian Federation, led in the last decade by the states and territories, but now with an opportunity to partner with the federal government to achieve our climate goals. The new federal government's commitments on emissions reduction and climate action clearly demonstrate that after a wasted decade, we have entered a new era of collaboration and cooperation on climate change. We're already seeing what that means in practice. Energy ministers are finally meeting again. They've demonstrated a capacity to work together to solve both immediate and medium-term challenges. Chris Bowen is the most enthused, engaged, intelligent uh, energy minister that we have had for 10 years, possibly in the history of the Federation. He won't mind me saying that. But it is just palpable the difference uh, that his stewardship of this portfolio has made already uh, just in several months. And so we're sending clear signals across the nation and in, and in each state and territory to households and businesses that vital, decisive and meaningful national action is coming and it is central to ensuring market forces support the right investments over the next couple of decades. So we really look forward to working with the Commonwealth in all of these areas, but particularly as the national EV strategy and the safeguards mechanism take shape. Across Australian business and industry, they have been screaming out for a clear national policy direction on climate change for a decade now. This is the opportunity. This is the moment, everyone. The key measures that we need to put in place will be delivered in this term of parliament and the next. What I'm delighted about is that they are complementing the policy settings that we're leading at a territory level and we've been working collaboratively with uh, other sub-national governments to pursue, to drive the technological solutions and to increase the supply of cheap renewable energy to allow us to meet net zero on the timeframes that we know we need to. Now, I've spoken this morning about the importance of clear policy settings and the powerful role that market signals can play in melding a business-as-usual approach into our drive to transition to net zero. But we also know and recognise that this is a massive transition and that the policy settings need to combine with direct government investment and regulation in some areas. So at a territory level, for example, our home energy support program that was launched earlier this year is providing targeted support to improve the energy efficiency and thermal comfort of homes for our public housing tenants and our low-income home owners. This initiative complements a range of existing programs aimed at supporting uh, vulnerable people to manage the transition to a net zero future. And that includes our low income utilities concessions and our free home energy assessments. It's important that this journey involves all of us and that is clearly a role for government at both state and territory and federal levels. But as we continue our journey to net zero, the ACT's focus will be on ensuring that the government investment to support the transition 
is targeted to people and groups in the community who really need that support. And that the measures that we, that we pursue deliver the greatest value for money in terms of emission reductions that can be achieved for that government spend. So this combination of clear policy signals and quality government investment and regulation will be the cornerstone of meeting net zero in a way that supports fairness in our community and economic prosperity for all. Thank you for the opportunity to say a few words to open the forum this morning. I wish you all the best over the next couple of days. This event is a fantastic opportunity to bring leaders together, to learn from one another and to continue to drive a prosperous future that is a net zero future. Thank you. Yes, the ACT is setting the pace and leading the race to net zero. Thank you, Andrew Barr. That wraps up this episode of Climate Conversations. Thanks so much for your company. And until we talk again, please take care, stay safe, and please be kind to everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with your friends. <laughs>